Dan, I want to look at the subject of one of your TED Talks, what motivates us to work. You say that contrary to conventional wisdom, it isn't just money. So what is it? Well, it's lots of things, right? It's a sense of meaning, it's a sense of accomplishment, and a sense of progress. If it was just money, I mean, the, the basic theory is that we, we just want money, and as long as we had enough money, we would stop working. But if you look at very wealthy people, or just wealthy people, they don't stop. And the problem is that if we think that jobs are only about money, we're not setting up the situation correctly. Whereas if we understood that people are after things like meaning and completion and a sense of accomplishment and a sense that they're helping somebody else, we would do things very, very differently. So imagine the world of journalism. How would it look like if you never got credit for, for what you're doing? How would it look like if you never had any autonomy, if you could never have a say in what you're covering and not covering. That's going to be incredibly demoralizing. We miss a lot if we don't think about this whole basket of motivation at the same time. Now, human weakness is also ego and needing recognition, as you mentioned. Do you think managers, if they acknowledge this and use this more, people would be more productive? Yeah, so, you know, ego is, is a mix, right? Uh, there's lots of bad things about the world in terms of ego, but ego is also incredibly important. And I think the challenge for managers is how to use ego in the right way, not to let it go, get in the way. So your title is very much an ego play, right? The moment you move from one title to another title, all of a sudden you feel differently about, about work. Think about how often we meet somebody and we don't ask them what are their hobbies or what are their hopes for the future. We ask them, what do you do, right? I mean, what, whatever you do, what your title, what job, responsibility, and so on, is incredibly about who we are. How would we do that? How would we help people think more clearly about what they are and get some pride out of this. You know, every time I write an academic paper, my name is out there. When I write a book, it's, it's my name. This is, it's, you know, I know it sounds egotistic, but, you know, it is something about me and, and so on. And it's, it's a motivating activity. And you can say, oh, this is nonsense motivation. Or you could say, no, this is an important part of who we are. We have this capacity to take pride in what we're doing. How do we get people across the board to take pride in what they're doing and what's going to be the outcome of their actual interest in the job and doing things the right way? So how would you say is the best way to manage people then? I think that this idea that uh, what you do for a job has the potential to fit within what you find important in life is very, very important. And then, of course, there's giving credit. Are there common mistakes you think that CEOs perhaps tend to make with their staff when it comes to understanding motivation? Lots of common mistakes. Uh, one of them, of course, is uh, our focusing uh, on salary. There was a company not too far from here that was giving bonuses of a few thousand dollars. And these bonuses were based on a 16-point scale. But eventually, a point difference would translate into a few hundred dollars. But the moment they made this system, people paid tremendous attention to it. And people said, oh, why did he get one point more than me, another $120? So people would just focus on all kinds of small differences that are really not about giving people bonuses, but by measuring it on a 16-point scale and giving precise bonuses, all of a sudden people looked at it and actually compared and became demotivated rather than more motivated. Another problem is credit. You know, I think people are just not generous in giving other people credit. Of course, there's the problem that... Uh, People react very negatively to uh, feedback and to uh, negative opinions. There's another big problem, which is that people focus on the outcome and not on the process. Sometimes you have a really good idea and you try it hard and it doesn't work out. And we should celebrate that because we want people to try 
very difficult things, whether they succeed or not. Succeeding or not succeeding is, is something that happens by chance. Scott Cook, the founder of Intuit, every year gives a big prize to an employee that tried something big and brave that failed in a magnificent way. The reason he is doing it is to encourage bold thinking. He's saying, look, when you think boldly, sometimes things go well, sometimes not. You can't know it up front. But if we just reward success, we're going to reward only timid attempts, and we're not going to have any kind of brave, big, large uh, attempts. And as a society and as, a com as companies, we need those. Finally, how can behavioral economics be incorporated then into business practice? There are lots of ways to do it. Uh, one of them is just to basically be clear about what assumptions you make about human behavior. You're putting a particular ad up, you are doing a new product, you're offering a new service. Let's first acknowledge what are you assuming that people, how people would behave. And if the assumptions don't seem to make sense or they don't fit within uh, social science, let's uh, change the assumption and therefore change the product. Mm -hmm.